Welcome. Welcome to the Lab Voices podcast from Pathologists Overseas. This is Tim Amukele, President at Pathologists Overseas. Our guest today is Sam Pifok, who has a doctorate in health science and also works as a clinical lab scientist at Johns Hopkins Bayview Medical Center. Uh, welcome, Sam. Thank you, Dr. Tim, and thanks for having me. Yeah, so I want to hear a little bit about your background and what made you the person that you are today. So, so tell me a little bit about your childhood and what those experiences were, if there were any experiences that drew you towards science. Okay, well, my father is a retired Reverend Pastor of the Presbyterian Church in Cameroon. Okay. And my mom, she's also retired. She was district president of the Christian Women Fellowship in Maison, Cameroon. So you're a church person. I am. I am. I am. <laughs> me too. Me too. So I grew up in Bermuda in the northwest region of Cameroon. So I benefited from the then Basel Mission Elementary School to attend school as a pastor's son before the real school growing age. Okay. My parents emphasized education to all your six children, and they instilled in us values such as compassion, respect for others, and hard work and dedication. And they stressed the importance of giving back to the community. Okay. Okay. So from way back, you're always oriented towards the philanthropy. Philanthropy, yeah. Okay. Okay. Interesting. (laughs) And when I completed secondary school, I went into high school. And I actually loved science, and I had the intention to study pharmacy in future. Okay. <laughs> after high school, I worked as a pharmacy technician at a City Chemist in Bamenda. Okay. And also, how old were you then? Uh, then I was about 19. Okay. Yeah. And I worked there just to raise money to continue with my education abroad. Okay, so you already had that idea of studying abroad. Well, pharmacy was not offered in the only university in Cameroon at that time, which is University of Yaoundé, and it's located in the capital city. Yeah. So to study pharmacy, you need to go out of the country. Okay. Wait, wait, wait. So at that time, there was only one university in Cameroon? Yes, Yes, doctor. It was just one university in the city only. That's amazing, because that's not that long ago. Yes, not long ago. As you know, I I grew up in Nigeria. And even back then, which isn't, again, that long ago, we had so many universities. And Mm -hmm. now even more. There are more Um, now, yeah. Because I studied in Nigeria. And nearly all the states have about two universities in Nigeria. But in my country, we had just one university until after a lot of protests before they tried to open the second one in Boya for the English-speaking students. And later on, there are some few and private universities now coming up. That's, that's amazing. Okay, <laughs> wow. I just learned something. Oh, yeah. Okay, so okay, let's go back. So you were working as a pharmacy tech just out of high school, 18, 19, and then you wanted to go to pharmacy, but there was no option. Option, yeah. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. So while at uh, the chemist working for several months, a young man rented the next apartment, and he set up a private medical diagnostic laboratory. Okay. I noticed that patients were moving in and out of the building. And after several months and trying to know what is going on there, so one afternoon after work, I went into the lab and I met the owner. 
I introduced myself to him. I asked a lot of questions. He was happy and he answered all my questions. He took me around the lab and he said, lab medicine is a core of medicine. Yeah, which I and, believe. <laughs> yeah, and it's true. It's true. Because, yeah. yeah. So he said, if a lab sends out a reliable test result, the doctor will prescribe the right medication. Exactly. The pharmacy will supply the right medication, and yeah. the nurse will administer the right treatment to the patient. Exactly. Yeah, so the owner actually made me to love laboratory science. And with that interest, he actually helped me to get admission into the School of Medical Laboratory Technology in the University of Calabar in Nigeria. And one other thing to laboratory medicine, the degree program is not offered in Cameroon. By that time, too, it was just a technician program. So I had to move to Nigeria. This is so (laughs) baffling to me. Honestly, mm. I feel like I should have known that, but this is just incredible. Yeah, it's incredible. And in a way, it explains some other things that are beyond the scope of this conversation, but wow. Yeah. Uh, okay, so, okay, uh, yeah. So tell me about the going to Calabar and, and all that. Yeah, I went to Calabar, and I was happy that I met some other Cameroonians there. So we had a family, so I was not too lonely. Yeah. Yeah, I did a four-year program and came out with a degree in medical laboratory technology with just in microbiology. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So then you finished your training and, and then what? Did you start working in Nigeria or did you go back to Cameroon? uh, After my training, I went back to Cameroon and I was lucky to have a job with the Cameroon Baptist Health Board as a medical laboratory technologist. I worked with them for several years before moving to the United States. Okay. And you said the Baptist Health Board? Yes. When I was working, they had two major hospitals, then being a Baptist hospital and the Banso Baptist Hospital. But right now, they have about four hospitals, and they had a lot of health centers. Okay. So at some point, you emigrated to the U.S. Tell me a little bit about where you kind of landed here and how your career expanded here and how you started getting involved in active philanthropy because you were always interested in it but how did you start getting involved in active philanthropy growing up in a christian home i saw the support that the presbyterian church and my parents offered to the community they prayed with the individuals they prayed for the community help people financially spiritually and they link people to where they can get help Uh Uh their support impacted the lives of so many folks in the community yeah and I learned from my parents that helping people and serving the community can positively impact the lives of folks in the community. So when I came back from Nigeria, I worked at the Baptist Hospital in Mingo. And while in the lab, I thought the lab was well equipped. But when I traveled to the United States of America, I had the opportunity to work at Johns Hopkins Hospital. Okay. And I noticed that the lab, I worked in Cameroon was not well equipped as I thought. Yeah, I noticed a difference. Uh, one, you can't compare the lab where I worked in Cameroon and, and that of John Hopkins, which is well equipped with sophisticated automated instruments. Yes. So at Hopkins in the lab, I noticed that unused equipment and reagents accumulate in freezers and storage rooms yeah. un- until they expire or become too old to use. And actually, they are eventually thrown away. Exactly, exactly. I was so worried, and I met uh, the administrator. I told her that uh, the unused equipment and reason can be of use in my country. Yeah. 
So she said, good, if the items can be of help to people in your country, you better have them than for the hospital to destroy them or trash them away. Yeah. So that is how I had the opportunity to have the equipment to ship to Cameroon. Let me step back a little bit. Okay. I want some a little more detail so that the eventual listeners understand how, because a lot of people see things that are wasted wherever they are. Mm-hmm. So let's say they're in the U.S., they can see things wasted and they think, oh, you know, this could really help a person in X, right, in some other country. Yeah. But the question is how to make that real. And so how did you do that? Right. So if you, you saw materials, how did you pay for them? How did you manage the shipping? You know, how do you actually do the okay. uh, mechanics? <laughs> yeah. When I get materials from the hospital, I put them together. When it's actually a good load for me to ship home. Yeah. I have friends here who ship containers to Cameroon. So these are people who are merchants or traders of some kind. My workers yeah. they just like to ship things back home. Like okay. Shipping cars and okay. yeah, other stuff. So I will contact them and just get a small space in the container. So and I pay for that particular space. Yeah. And it depends on the volume. Yeah. So the smaller the shipment, the less money you pay. And the bigger the shipment, the more money you pay. Yeah. Yeah. And there was one day that I arrived for work at Hopkins and I noticed that we had a new chemistry analyzer. Yeah. The old one was still working well and was about to be trashed. So I took it, kept it in the storage facility until I had the money to ship to Cameroon. And that was my first major involvement in charity. So That's excellent. You can't see me now, but I'm smiling. This is so great. This is so great. All right. So part of the issues that people have criticized is there's a concept of dumping yeah, where you take things from some rich country or whatever and you dump it and you call it a donation, but it's not really a donation. So in your case, you are from Cameroon, you grew up there, so it's a completely different thing. But how do you make sure that the items are being used there or, you know, taken advantage of and not just abandoned somewhere? Yeah, that's a very good question. Yeah, first of all, when I see items or when the administrator or my manager called me and said, do you need this, do you need that? I'll say, okay, just keep it, let me find out first. So I will call Cameroon, I'll call some of the clinics and hospitals. Then find out from them, I'll tell them that I have such and such equipment or reagent. I don't know if you will need them. And I ask questions, I tell them the mark and I tell them how it works. Yeah. So that, yeah. So that I should not waste my money to ship something. That <laughs> exactly. Will not be put in use. So, so when they confirm and they tell me exactly what they want, I get their phone number and then I parcel it with their phone number on it, and then I take it to any guy who is shipping or the agency shipping. So I give them the tracking number and everything. And when it arrives Cameroon, they just go there and pick it because paying the transportation here, we pay also with custom duty. Okay. Yeah, so okay, that's do, great. Yeah. So when the items arrive from our room, you just go to that. Yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. That's really wonderful. So this kind of work requires a lot of support. So tell me about support you've gotten from people in your life, whether friends or spouse or others. Yeah, uh, indeed. One needs a lot of support in performing charity work. And relationships matter a lot. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. So I am proud to say that I have an amazing relationship with my wife. Yeah. And 
when I told her about my willingness to help uh, the community back home, she was so happy. And she said, I will give you all the support that you need. Yeah. So we worked hard to raise money to ship the items that we have to come out on several occasions. We have really worked hard to save money. And in several occasions, we've shipped items to Cameroon. And I have also had some logistic support from yes. other family members and from friends. Okay. That's great. That's great. Okay. So you were talking earlier about influencing I forget the words you use, but not basically not just donating, but actually changing how healthcare is delivered and so forth in Cameroon. Are there other things that we haven't touched on that you want to highlight? Oh, yeah. Um, well, the healthcare system in Cameroon is not the best. Yeah, yeah, that's well I'm said. Not, yeah, <laughs> well said. <laughs> yeah, they lack a lot of equipment and equipment. Some, some hospitals have are so old. Yeah. And... What I noticed while working was that there are no laboratory or drug regulatory standards. So people suffer a lot from drug abuse, mm-hmm. non-adherence, and adverse drug effects. Yeah, it's worse. It's now worse. And is it because of a lack of medication or lack of compliance or that the quality of the medication is not good? Or what do you think is the issue? The quality of medication is good. The problem okay. is that they don't have an agency or regulatory body mm-hmm. that develop policies on how to handle medications. Like in United States, you don't buy some particular medications. But in Cameroon, you can just go to the pharmacy and buy anything you want. Exactly. So people just go, they get antibiotics, get anything that they want. I actually had this experience where you know a friend of mine actually was traveling in, in Asia. Mm-hmm. And called and said, "Oh, do you want anything? Do you want?" <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> I was like I'm, "No, thank you. I'm okay." <laughs> so uh, actually, the situation in Cameroon now, now is now worst with the country at war. Yeah. So, yeah. Some some hospitals in the English speaking part of the country have been burned or destroyed by the military. So there's a lot of suffering. People are living in the bushes and, you know, life is becoming difficult and difficult every day. So my plan moving forward Mm. is to collaborate with other experienced healthcare professionals to advocate for policies that will bring change in the healthcare system in Cameroon. Okay. And this is actually contingent on a stable political atmosphere. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Agreed, yeah. yeah. And what I'm planning to do in future is to set up a non-profit organization and to have partners here in the United States and in Cameroon. So the partners in Cameroon will be the one to do the need assessment back home so that we ship items that are needed and items that will serve the community. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. That's not a great idea. But then how will you source the items? Uh, well, when they give us a list of things that they need. Yeah. So the partners in the United States will solicit for donation from other hospitals. Okay, I see. So it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you have a network there and also a network, network here. here. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that's um, great. That's great. We'll have to, we'll have to come back and interview you. In a year or so, see, <laughs> see how things are progressing. Yeah. All right, Doctor. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much. You're welcome, Doctor. Thank you for hosting. You're welcome. You're welcome. Yeah, bye.
that was Sam P. Fox. Thank you for listening to the Mad Voices Podcast. I am your host, Tim To find out more about Pathologists Overseas and our projects, visit com and follow us on social media. Podcast edited and produced by Taylor Harris. Theme music by Tim Fox.